So in October of last year, Apple rolled out the latest generation of its smartphones with the iPhone 12 lineup. While there are some similarities to previous iPhones, there, there's one notable difference under the hood that enables a new accessory called MagSafe. It's a magnetic connector that can wirelessly charge your phone, among other things. I'm Jason Cipriani, that's Jason Perlo, and in this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to talk about Apple's new magnetic feature and the first batch of MagSafe charging accessories as well as non-charging accessories. So Perlo, I think you're going to nerd out pretty hard on this episode. So where do we begin? What's so special about MagSafe? Hail to the MagSafe, Jason. Hail to the MagSafe. Okay. So uh, MagSafe, okay, is a magnetic induction charging and also a magnetic connector technology, okay? okay. Uh, the trademark MagSafe is actually reused from an entirely different magnetic charging connector that was used on older generation MacBook Pros, uh, and it was phased out in early 2019. It looked totally different. It acted totally different. They're just using the re they're reusing the name MagSafe because they have the trademark on it, right? So what you have is this disc-shaped connector, right? And it contains rare earth magnets, okay, that allow it to snap and strongly attach right, to the back of an iPhone, okay? Now, yeah. it's about twice the diameter of the magnetic charging connector that's already in use on the Apple Watch. But unfortunately, you know, the two aren't compatible with each other. Let's see, that's like the only downside of it. Um, the MagSafe's charging specification, okay, allows for 15 watts of power to be transmitted using the Qi. And that's pronounced, pronounced Qi from the original Chinese, uh, but, you know, written as QI, you know, um, wireless standard created by the Wireless Power Consortium back in 2008, okay? Now, yeah, because- Yeah, charging is basically the standard industry-wide. If you wirelessly charge anything right now, it uses Qi standard. Because it's the same Qi we've been using for the past, you know, 12 years on hundreds of models of smartphones and devices, that means if you use it as a charging pad, uh, it also works on older Qi devices, but at a lower wattage charging rate, okay? So if you place an older model iPhone on top of it, um, or an AirPods charging case, or even an Android phone, right? And you can see I've got one here. He charges, you see that, that it turned on, right? So um, it works, right? Uh, but the magnetic... Uh, the magnetic attachment part only works on an iPhone 12. So if if you put the iPhone 12 in a case, it's got to be, uh, you know, a mag it's got to be a a specialized charging case uh, for it. Now you see what they've got here. They got what they what some of these manufacturers have done is they've put in an adhesive uh, magnetic coil right on a like like a sticker right on the inside of the case, and that basically allows the magnets to align to the back of the iPhone, right, where the, where the, coil, where the charging coils are actually located. There's no actual charging coils. This is really just a magnetic sticker so that when this the guy attaches, yeah, so when this guy attaches, right, it's there. It's a, it's a pastor, right? Um, so but who's the, that case from? This one is from OtterBox, right? Cool. This, right? Now, there's other companies out there, like, for example, Gear 4, uh, they've got a slightly different type of uh, adhesive on the inside, right? Uh, it's like I said, they made their sticker look, you know, circular. But basically, it's a sticker. It's got, it's got, it's got you know, ferrous material in it that allow the magnetic connector to actually attach. Um, you know, but, you know, like I said, you can use it as a charging pad, uh, but, you know, it, it might not stick to the connector, uh, it, it's you know, and the induction charging might not work, right? So, so what do you think of this thing? I mean, do you like it? 
So look, when, when Apple first announced MagSafe was coming back, I had flashbacks to the MacBook days where that charger, you could walk by, hit the cord and plug, unplug it and your MacBook would stay in place. Like I was very excited. Then I saw the implementation and I thought, man, this is gonna be cool on one hand because it's gonna open up a lot of accessories. There's magnets in the back of the phone, but it also looks a little gimmicky. And truth be told, since the months following, I've used MagSafe every single day, whether it's to charge my phone, because let's be clear, the magnets are there to do other things besides hold the wireless charger in place to ensure proper lineup. Because that's really the problem Apple solved here, right? Is you have a wireless charging pad, you have to find the sweet spot to ensure that your phone charges every night. I know I've woken up the next day after putting yeah. my phone on my wireless charger to a phone that didn't charge because I didn't line it up just right. Well, there's no way to fail when you do this with MagSafe. Makes no. If it connects to the phone, you hear the little click when it magnetically attaches because, it, well, unless you have a case on, I don't use cases. So there's always a little click when it attaches, you know, it's on, you know, the phone's charging, but Apple also included a couple other things in there as well, like NFC for their own accessories with animations when you connect to say a case or their wallet uh, to your device, there's an animation that plays on your screen to let you know it's properly attached and it makes it a little fun. So overall, at first I thought it was gonna be gimmicky and not very useful, but it turns out it's quite useful and I've used it for, you know, I have Apple's wallet uh, already on my phone here. And yeah, I'm a fan of Ooh, small wallets anyways. Nice, Jason. So it just holds in place. It's not the most gripping electric, magnet or a magnet sure that little animation but look if i leave the house i know where my wallet is i lose it all the time or used to lose it all the time but now i have it on my phone uh when i'm leaving the house so i know where it's at so there's little aspects like that like pop socket they're coming out with their own MagSafe compatible devices. So you don't even have to use a case. You can just put it right on the phone itself. There's a lot of potential here for companies to get really creative and do a lot of cool things with MagSafe. Um, so what do you think? Do you like it? Uh, so Jason, like you, I, I was skeptical, right? So, you know, whenever you see Apple talk about something, you know, magical and awesome, you know, with, at one of their events, you have to take a lot of this stuff with a grain of salt until yeah. you actually get to use it. Now, honestly, I have not been a fan of Apple's wireless charging technology to date. Okay, it was slower than what Android was using, uh, especially compared to you know the 15 watt, uh, 12 watt technologies uh, that Samsung and Google offered you know with their own Qi implementations, and it wasn't foolproof. Uh, when using the various third-party charging pads, right? Now, Apple didn't have their own charging pad up until now, okay? It, um, it was always an alignment and placement issue. Uh, it took too much fiddling. Um, and like you said, I can't tell you how many times I put the thing on the pad and hear the bloop yep. and then come back in an hour or in the next morning and it didn't charge because the placement was off or it got bumped in the night or, or whatever, okay? Right. MagSafe does not have this inherent problem, okay? The connection on the rare earth magnet is solid, right? You know, clip, it's there. It, that thing is not gonna move. If the phone is sticking with the magnet, it's charging, right. plain and simple. It's a yeah, very exactly. low tech, it's a low tech, keep it simple, stupid solution, right. which Apple needed to make after aborting that air power fiasco 
that would have never worked. Now, I don't even understand why the rest of the industry couldn't figure this out. Why, why have you been using these stupid pads for 12 years? Why, why didn't we realize this was the way to align a magnetic charging coil was with another magnet? So right? I think the issue, there's two things here. I think it was too simple, right? People <laughs> trying to over-engineer products to make it look like they did a lot of great work to go into it, and we put a lot of thought into this. So it was too simple. Plus... Magnets really interfere with chi charging. They, I mean, at, at, it's a yeah. technology, right? So it, and so, for example, uh, Nomad's Base Station Pro, which uses RES technology, that is a, a giant pad for wireless charging that can handle up to three devices, no matter where you put them on the pad. And I, we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. I reviewed it on ZDNet. It worked great. iPhone 12 shows up at my door. I place it on the pad. It refuses to charge it. Well, yeah. So yeah, they, the, there's the, field, the there's, there's field, the yeah, and I agree with you. There's field analysis they have to do and things like that in order to, so, to make sure this but, thing worked. But, but to Nomad and Arius, uh, you know, rescue, they were able to issue a firmware update to tell huh. the board what was going on, and now my iPhone 12 charges just fine on it. So I think huh. there was a lot of fear of magnets and everything else. That's why it wasn't done before. But this also kind of leads into rumors of what we've been hearing for the yeah. last couple of years about Apple removing all ports from the next iPhone, possibly with the iPhone 13. Perlo, you have yelled and screamed at me and Apple and anyone else who would listen that Apple needed to switch from Lightning to USB-C. How would you feel if Apple, instead of doing that, just went MagSafe? Well, I, I feel they should still use USB-C regardless um, because, look, there's a bunch of technical things um, that Apple would have to solve, okay, to completely replace the lightning yeah. connector, okay, with MagSafe. Now, for starters, there are wattage limitations of MagSafe if they ever need to transmit more than 15 watts of power. We don't really know what the upper limit is, what they have tested it with. Right. Okay. Right. So he is always going to be a serious issue with wireless power induction. I mean, they use wireless power induction for cooking, for cooktops. Right. You know. I mean, and you, you buy know, a so three thousand watt burner, and you're you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't tried to put my iPhone on top of it yet, but you know, um, I'm, it's probably not a good idea. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, if they want the iPad, okay, and future, you know, M series MacBooks to have this technology, okay, they're going to need upwards of 30 watts to 50 watts, even higher wattage to replace uh, the USB-C slash Thunderbolt connector. And I don't see this happening. Okay. Uh, there's also the issue of data transmission. Okay. Right now, MagSafe appears to be strictly for power transmission. Okay. Right. But suppose we were to lose the lightning connector on future iPhones. Now, in that case, there needs to be a way for these iPhones to talk to legacy devices like older Macs for developers and for stuff like CarPlay, okay? So my 2016 GM car, okay, uses a USB-A to lightning cable to talk to the iPhone, okay? Uh, USB 2.0, okay, has a 480 megabit per second transfer rate. USB 3 is about 10 times faster than that, right? So 4,800 you know, megabits per second. That's very, very fast. Now, yeah. Bluetooth by itself can only do about two megabits per second, 
right? That's much, much slower. So that's not fast enough to do, you know, transfer video and other types of data that you would need for, you know, an interface or something like that on, on, a, on a CarPlay. Now, some of the newer cars can do CarPlay using a combination of Bluetooth handshake and own Wi-Fi. Okay, and there's some third-party products that, you know, like little dongles you can adapt to your USB ports on a car to do wireless car play. But there's some lagginess involved. Now, if we want to be able to talk to older devices, that MagSafe is going to need to be able to do data and emulate a lightning connector. Now, if Apple decides to throw the baby in with the bathwater, right, which I think is probably the likely thing because it's going to have to be – they'd have to do a ton of engineering. Right. right to make this work, um, and only do you know data transmission with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. That's going to tick a lot of people off. Okay, I suspect we're going to have a lot of ticked off people. That's that's what's going to happen. Right. You know? yeah. Well, I, yeah, mean, I mean, anytime you change a standard, you change ports. Back when I worked at Verizon, and someone changed from an LG to a Samsung phone that used a different port, I'd get yelled at for thirty minutes because it's just a way of making money. People always get upset when there's change because it causes them to spend money. So I think if Apple is going to do this, they need to have all the answers done, just like they did with Lightning. Right? It was people were mad when they switched from the iPod connector to Lightning. It was a painful transition, but it was a better, more beneficial, beneficial implementation, man, uh, than than yeah. uh, the iPod connector was before. Uh, so let's let's dig into some of the accessories now that we kind of have an understanding of what all it can do and what it does. I, I think the the core accessory, and I know you're you're going to nerd out on this a little bit uh, yeah. with getting into the very finite details about it, is the forty dollar makes a uh, wireless charging pad, which you already held up. It's just this little guy here, and it uh, it connects to the back of the phone. It does not come with a wall adapter, so you're paying for that cable. It's forty dollars. It has USB-C yeah. end on the other side, so you're going to have to use your own USB-C wall adapter. Which not all of them will give you the most beneficial. You know, will work properly with the iPhone 12. Apple recommends 20-watt chargers to get your 15-watt charging max on the iPhone 12. iPhone 12 mini, I think, is limited to 12 watts with the 20-watt charger. Uh, but there's some other odd discrepancies there with charging power and whatnot. Right, Perlo? Yeah. So, you know, you, know, you and I kind of like poured over the documentation yesterday to try to make – sense of this and make this sound simpler, but the answer is it's a little complicated, right? So, yeah. so like I said, like the, as you said, the official MagSafe cable is this just this metal disc, right? That's attached to this, at the end of this is a USB-C connector, right? And you have to use it with a minimum 20 watt yeah. USB-C charger adapter to deliver the maximum 15 watts of power to the iPhone 12. So you, you, you so there is a five watt loss between the, the adapter and the transmitter, you know, array essentially what it is. So if you own a now, if you own an iPhone 12 Mini, okay, the max you're ever going to get is 12 watts. By the way, it charges yeah. slower than the regular than the regular uh, one. Now, if you use an 18 watt charger, right, which is the extreme, which is the extremely common, uh, the part number was A1720, right? and then that actually shipped with the 11 Pro Max. So if you kept that charger when you upgraded or another member of your household uses it and you connect this cable to it, this charger will only deliver 11 watts of power through the MagSafe right. connector, yeah. which so, is, is, is stinky. So it's 
here's how I look at this, right? Like we could go on and on about yeah, yeah, yeah. watts versus 14 watts versus 15 watts, whatever. People, at least from my perspective and how I use it, when I use wireless charging, it's it's passive charging, whether I'm sleeping or sitting at yeah. my desk. It's never a rush to fast charge my phone. No. You're, you're perfectly okay with using an 18 watt charger with a MagSafe adapter, because you probably already have an 18 watt adapter at home and slowly charging your phone overnight. It's gonna get the job done no matter what. However, if you wanna do it by the book and get the full 15 watts, you'll need to go out and buy that extra 20 watt adapter itself. But for me, this isn't really an issue because I charge at night while I sleep and my phone's charged, whether it's 11 watts or 15 watts by the time I wake up. I, I don't really see, I get why people were upset about this when it first came out. There was a lot of stuff on Twitter and blog posts about how the adapter should just work and blah, blah, blah. Look, it's fine. You're charging overnight. Your phone's going to be charged when you wake up. Um, go ahead. What, what they do want to add is if, you want, if you're going to connect it to the PC port on your computer or a Mac, okay, the USB-C ports on a Mac only deliver up to 15 watts of power total, right? So the output to the iPhone through a MagSafe is going to be significantly degraded from a computer, right? It's much more efficient to charge your phone using a USB to lightning cable through your Mac than using the MagSafe. Uh, like I said, there's a support document that details the power output of this thing when connected to different devices and chargers, and it's a little confusing. Um, but again, you want at least 20 watts of power to get the 15 watts to the iPhone. You're going to lose five watts in the process. Magnetic induction charging is not very green or efficient, okay? And it's one of the disadvantages of using this technology. It's not, it's not ecologically, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about you being green ecologically, all that stuff, you know, yeah, it's adding to our carbon footprint unless you're using, you know, uh, solar panels on your house, essentially, right? Yeah. So that I don't mind using this, not speed, speed aside, we'll set that aside. I don't mind using it because... I do find it annoying when I pick up my phone in the morning, the disc is attached to it. But at the same time, if I'm charging and I need to look at my phone, I don't have to stop charging, you know, take it off the pad, it stops charging and then put it back on in a normal wireless charging situation. But I know, and it's a valid complaint, a lot of people don't like that the disc doesn't stay on your desk. I mean, it's magnetically oh. attached, it's on. So you have to pick it up with it and then you kind of do this prying thing to take it off. And I know you've found some stands, is that right? That you, you've used and started liking? Yeah, so like 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 you said, if you use the the Apple MagSafe charger by itself, right? You know this as this thing, right? You know if you try to place it on on a, on a, on a flat surface, it, it it's annoying, especially if you use like the iPhone 12 Max, which is a really big phone, right? And you try to place it on this connector, uh, it's 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 unwieldy. So like I found this eighteen dollar. Uh, stand on Amazon. This is called the Kupau, right? And literally the, the connector, you know, it snaps into this holder nice and firmly. And, and you know, for uh, between the 40 bucks and the, the and for $60, you got yourself a nice little charging stand. It's made out of metal. It's $18. Works great. You know, you can put it on your desk. You know, there's a little, I, I find that the, the cable management is probably not I, super ideal, yeah, but it, it, my it, only critique. Yeah, but it, it work. It works pretty well. I mean, I like I said, it's I it, it's I got it here for as a secondary charger for my office, you know, and uh, it, it it's fine. Um, you know, I'm I'm perfectly happy with it. So Apple also released MagSafe Duo. I don't have it here on my desk with me, but it basically it's this little foldable 
uh, charging stand that it's not even a stand. It lays flat on your table. One side has a MagSafe adapter for your phone. The other side has a pop-out charger for your Apple Watch. So things get a little bit confusing here with what kind of power adapter you need to use with it. The gist of it is use something that's around 30 watts. Uh, 20, for whatever reason, Apple specifically in their support document calls out the 29 watt adapter, which comes with some of their MacBooks, uh, some iPads, that you can't use it. I don't know why. It's very common. It's been around for a long time. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why the 29 watt adapter will not work with it. But the MagSafe Duo, I've been testing it for a couple of days. Uh, it, it's worked just fine. It's it's it has the same issue as as the standard pad does, where it, when you pull your phone off, the entire thing comes up. So I'll have to figure out some way to keep it down. I don't know if that's double sided tape or whatever. But uh, $130 again doesn't come with its own adapter. Uh, but yeah, you, you'll need at least 20 watts to power both the iPhone charger side of it as well as the Apple Watch side of it. Again, it's a long-term charging solution for overnight. While you're sitting at your desk, you don't need to use your device actively. Um, but Belkin also has some stands of their own, and uh, they're, they're pretty interesting and take, have a new take on you know the MagSafe Duo thing. Um, they sent both you and I the three-in-one dock, right? I think it, you have yep, a black yep, yep. one, I have a white one. I got a black There's, one and you got a white one. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So this is the uh, iPhone portion. This is the Apple Watch portion. And there's a AirPod section down there that will charge all three devices at the same time wirelessly. And I, I've enjoyed using that for the last few weeks. It's a $140. It just launched. It's Apple Store only. You have to buy it directly through the Apple Store online or in person um, if Apple Stores are open in your area, area right now. I... I don't know which one I like more, whether it's the MagSafe Duo or this one. This one doesn't have the problem. The Belkin doesn't have the problem coming up when I take my phone off. And if it's sitting on my desk, you can rotate the phone sideways. You're not locked into just straight up and down, right? You can put a movie on, do whatever. And so the magnet holds it in place. That's cool. But they also just announced at CES a two-in-one charging stand for, what was it, around $100, I think? 99 bucks. 99 bucks. Yeah. yep. So that charges your AirPods plus the phone. So it's just one single solid stand like that adapter you just showed a few seconds ago, um, but with better cable management. <laughs> Way better cable management, yeah. yeah. Belkin also has a car mount that goes uh, into your vents on your car. It use, there's no charging involved at all. I wish there was, uh, but it holds your phone in place so you can use navigation. You can see incoming messages, interact with Siri, whatever it is. I've used it in my wife's car. I don't have air vents in my car, oddly, for it to connect to. Uh, but my wife's car, I've used it, tested it in there. It works. It doesn't, the phone doesn't fall off. The magnet's strong enough uh, when going over bumps or you know, railroad tracks or whatever it is. The only complaint I have about it is that the entire thing when a phone is on there is a little too heavy. And so it tilts the air vents down, no matter what. You know, you try to tilt them up and then connect it. As soon as you attach your phone, the air vents fall down. Um, so you can't really put the air where you want, but I think that's a side effect. I, I haven't really used car mounts that connect to, connect to an air vent uh, before, so maybe that's common. I don't know. But for me, that was one thing I noticed. Um, what else do we have? We have, uh, you know, the, the clear cases, Jason. Yeah, so the uh, Apple's, Apple's actual cases. So this looks a lot like the case you showed off, I think, from Gear 4 a few minutes ago. Yeah, almost identical. The, it looks, it's very sticker. similar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The difference here is when you snap it in, whoops, I'm going to have to do it again. 
wasn't quick enough. When you snap it in, this uses that NFC stuff that Apple has kept to themselves. Like Mike yeah. said. Well, that's and cute. So if you had a colored case, that animation would match the color of your case. There's like little, little things like that. I don't know where they're going with it because obviously if I put the case on, I know my case is on and it's not like I take this off all the time, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't use it. But if I did have a case on, I... I wouldn't take on on and off multiple times a week or even in a day to see the animation. So I don't, it's fun. It's a fun little surprise when you put your case on or you put your wallet on, but I don't see the long-term benefit. I don't, I don't see where they're going with it, but maybe they cool. were looking to license it potentially to like retail people. So like if you were at Starbucks and they put these on, on the tables and yeah, you maybe. put, and you put your phone, maybe a Starbucks logo would pop up or it'd say you're charging <laughs> or whatever, or here's, yeah. or here's the Wi-Fi password or whatever, you know, something like that. As much um, trash as people talk about Samsung pushing ads to their phones. Could you imagine if Apple allowed companies to push ads to your iPhone based on where you set it on the table? That would, <laughs> that'd be a whole can of worms. So, <laughs> so that case yeah. is 50 bucks. It's a little bit pricey for a it's, clear it's case. It's steep. But... It's, it's yeah, I mean, case, you know? yeah, I mean, there are other good, like I just showed you, there's a whole bunch of good MagSafe compatible cases. I mean, you know, you got to make sure you look on the logo on, on, on the packaging thing that says, you know, MagSafe compatible, yeah. uh, you know, LifeProof, OtterBox, Gear 4, all, tons of that. Now, but be, like, as we've said, for it that for that case to be MagSafe compatible, you got to have that magnetic ring affixed on the inside of the case. Um, so far, I have only been able to find these quote unquote mid-range protective cases that use this magnetic ring, right? In other words, they're not the super thick outer box defender type with lots of rubber and stuff for, you know, for hard environments, yeah. right? Um, and the reason why is that, you know, because the, the, the plastic itself is thicker, you can't just use one of these stick-on uh, magnetic rings, right? You have to actually embed that that ring into the plastic. So that, that extra engineering has to be done uh, by these case manufacturers. So if you have to use a, a thick case like that, forget MagSafe. You know, go go with the wire, the charging wire. Uh, you know, and and use traditional uh, you know uh, charging pads uh, if you have to. I, I mean, like my wife has the super thick Defender case, and she can't use MagSafe. It's just yeah. The way I think it is. that's an important yeah. point. Any MagSafe compatible accessory will allow for wireless charging still to happen, right? So if you have a standard case on your iPhone 12 right now and you try to put the disc up to it, it doesn't connect. The magnetic pull isn't strong enough, so it's no. not going to charge. So when a case is MagSafe compatible, it's not only going to connect, but you're going to still use the charging capabilities as well, which, you know, is nice. And it, you, but at the same time, and the fact that Apple is so secretive, case companies weren't able to get out ahead of this. You know, they, and they selected, a, handpicked a few partners. Belkin and Otterbox appear to be the only two that they really kind of gave a little bit of a heads up on. Um, so, you know, my wife can't use the Belkin car mount because she has all these cases she got right when the iPhone 12 first came out. But none of them are MagSafe compatible and her phone. The magnetic pull is just isn't strong enough. So that that's one frustrating aspect of this is if you rush out and buy cases and then realize, hey, MagSafe is kind of useful. You're going to have to go out and buy more cases once MagSafe compatible stuff is out. Well, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit more, Jason, about this actual connector, this $40 connector cable. Now, I, okay. I, I think Apple's charging connectors and cables are usually overpriced, okay, compared to what the third parties do, okay? Um, uh, other than these big partners like Belkin and Mophie and Otterbox, which, you know, they're, they're physically licensing, right? 
uh, the connector technology, right? To make these Maxis compatible products, um, they are the. I would stay clear of any other third-party products uh, unless they're designed to accommodate the actual MagSafe, you know, uh, connector cable like this this Kupau thing. Now, in the past, I've had issues. Uh, with third-party Apple Watch cables, right? Such yeah. as, you know, during OS upgrades. And with MagSafe, I don't necessarily expect this to be any different, right? Don't cheap out and buy, you know, MagSafe connector cables unless they eventually become MFI certified. Now, right now, I don't think Apple's even rolled out a program like this yet, uh, like they did for the USB-C, the Lightning cables. Now, that took them over a year before we saw those from, from manufacturers. And I would expect a similar time frame uh, for if we were to have MFI MagSafe cables. Now, uh, Anchor and Rap Power, two companies that I feel to be very reputable with their cable accessories, do currently have their own USB-C MagSafe discs, and they are less expensive than Apple. They're like half the price. But again, they're not certified. And while I have asked for production samples, I haven't used them yet. But until until we can thoroughly test these things, I would say stick with the Apple disc, even though it's, it's a pain, it's 40 bucks, you know, for me to buy two of them was $80, which is, you know, ridiculous. So it really is. But, but at is this point, is. yeah, at this point, it's better to go with, you know, something that is made and certified directly by Apple than hoping I've experienced the same thing you have with the Apple watch. Yeah. I've had chargers that I've connected to my Apple watch, third party chargers, and it puts my watch in a boot loop. As soon as I take it off, my watch is fine. But the moment I ch connect it back to the charger, my watch just constantly restarts every five minutes. And it that's that's the downside to using non-certified chargers uh, with Apple products, unfortunately. You know, and it, it's better to be safe and get, you know, what yeah. you want out of it and what you need out of it and just pay pay what you should. As, um, as stupid simple as we think this product is, right? I mean, it literally is a Qi coil and a magnet, okay? Yeah. We don't know what other chips and stuff right. is inside this that Apple's looking for to certify yeah. that this connection is valid, right? We, yeah. we have no idea. So and that, can, that can break with any software update. So. Yep. That is correct. All right, Perlo, any closing thoughts? No, you know what, Jason, I, I, I'm very happy with this. I was not a huge magnetic uh, pad charging fan, you know, for the last 12 years or so since this technology has been out. Uh, I, I always felt it too fiddly. I, I could never depend on it. But now, you know what, I can put this thing, you know, right next to my bed and I can connect it and at night and I put my watch there and I don't have to worry anymore. It just yeah. works. And, and that's yeah. the great thing about this stuff is that it just works. And, and uh, I, I, can, I can finally endorse a, a wireless charging technology, and it's this one. <laughs> I've been a longtime wireless charger user. You and I have talked about it many times on this show and privately as well. I'm really excited to see where MagSafe goes from here as third parties begin to release their accessories. I saw quite a few announced at CES at the beginning of January. I'm waiting on a third-party wallet that Ooh. folds into a kickstand <laughs> on the back of your phone while still holding your, your cards in place and you know connecting to your phone. So there's a lot of exciting stuff. Like I said, PopSockets coming out with their own line of MagSafe accessories. I'm excited to see where it goes. I plan on continuing to use it into the future. Unfortunately, some cases aren't compatible. I wish they would have been, but hey, that's yeah. just the way it goes when Apple rolls out a new technology. So I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.